0: Sita, you know, I've come to you with a bit of a dilemma today. I think I've uh, done something that I need to maybe undo a bit of. (laughs) I've created uh, two personas in terms of everything digital that I'm doing. So I'm finding that I'm having to now manage in a way two brands And then all the associated social media and digital presence for each brand. And uh, I think I'm doing way too much. And I don't know really what to do about it. And is there like too much? I mean, you know, what we keep hearing is that, oh, some people like to read and some people like to watch and some people like to listen. And so shouldn't I be all over the place? Yeah, that's a great
1: question, Subha In fact, one that, as you know, I'm also grappling with uh, because you find that you do one thing and then to distribute that, you have to do other things as well. Yeah. Right? Like if you do a podcast, you better be on LinkedIn as well. And then if you're on LinkedIn, then you do a newsletter as well. And when is enough? Enough is enough because we have lives to live and businesses to run. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Damn Good Marketing Podcast. Today, let's really deconstruct how much is too much of doing things in the context of marketing, especially for small businesses where we run with, you know, a limited number of resources and limited time, limited budget. So what do you do and what do you not do beyond the points? That's the question we are going to be answering today.
0: Yeah, because I I really need some answers. And I think, uh, you know, not just small businesses, but uh, maybe individuals who are their own brand and also larger businesses who are struggling uh, how to give the brief to this person that they've brought on as either a marketing uh, executive internally or even if they're outsourcing to an agency? Uh, I think the brief becomes more challenging, or the brief is really poor quality because it's just too much happening, and yeah. you don't know who you are and on what platform you are. And uh, so, would really looking forward to deconstructing this.
1: Yeah. So, in fact, uh, this interesting problem of I think. Uh, How much is enough, especially as you're growing, you want to be doing more things uh, because that's how you tap into a new audience, right? Like through one medium, I may have found an X number of people, but if I have to 2X that, then I have to find people on other media and other channels where they hang out. Uh, And a lot of, in fact, very large companies are now kind of building their own uh, agencies in-house, right? And what I mean is they're hiring their own copy, content, performance folk. Uh, because sometimes it's not easy to delegate like you said. Mm-hmm. and if someone knows the business context, it's just so much easier right. to work. but of course, as small businesses we don't have that luxury, right because expertise does come at a certain price point and a certain amount of time investment. So I think uh, let's really break it down uh, and I would look at it not so much as an execution problem because that comes much later, but as an identity, issue mm. right so Subha, in saying that you know i have a raincraft handle and i have work that's happening there and then i have uh, a coach handle and there's
0: work that's happening there um,
1: what, what in your mind is the separation between the two how are they different from each other
0: yeah and i think like you said identity because uh you know, like many businesses, I didn't really start out with multiple identities, right? So I started out with a brand, Raincraft, under which I was doing multiple things. And over the years, as that work has, you know, gone in divergent ways, and then found consolidation, and then now there's a new identity that has just evolved on its own, right? So I find myself as uh, Coach Subha in many situations where, uh, me being the coach is what's important yeah. and whether there, whether I have my own firm and whether there's a raincraft etc is not, not so critical to mm-hmm. really put out there and so on its own this coach subha persona has <laughs> given birth <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. like you said it's still very much a part of raincraft but it can exist on its own also mm-hmm. so now the challenge is do I let it grow mm-hmm. on its own and then now I have two things to manage mm-hmm. or do I keep you know, reminding the audience that, hey, we are actually one. Hey, we're actually one, which is which is tedious in itself. In itself, Yeah, yeah.
1: So I was in a webinar the other day, Subhav, with uh, somebody that I consider um, a brand strategist of great repute. And um, incidentally, his was the first webinar I attended uh, when the pandemic hit. Mm. And the fact that I'm still continuing to attend says something about him, right? His name is Mark Ritson. Um, And he talks about this very uh, famous concept in in brand strategy, which is branded house and house of brands. Uh, Mm. And those are the exact opposite of each other in that a branded house is one entity under which you do whatever it is that you want to do. A good example of that is probably Apple. right? Mm. So whether it's a Mac, whether it's, you know, Apple TV, whether Mm. it's something else, finally, whether they're selling services, products, hardware, the whole thing is Apple. Right? That's a branded house. And a house of brands is something like your FMCG companies, like Unilever has multiple brands within it. And each brand kind of mm-hmm. takes on a life of its own. Uh, for small businesses, I think it's very important to focus and zero down on the branded house side of things and build as much as possible into one entity. Right? So, And I see the kind of you know temptation to kind of do multiple yeah. things because the question also comes up that if there is something that is not raincraft specific, where do I put that? Where do I be a public figure without the context of raincraft? But I think in the early days, it's important to invest in one thing. Now that said, it's not early days for you, right? You've been doing a lot of marketing work for five, six years at this point, which is why in your use case, I see the benefit of that separation because now you can talk about the books that you're reading, the podcasts Mm. that you're listening to. Mm. Uh, What is it that makes you a good coach? is the focus of the Subha coach Correct. identity. Correct. And the work you do is part of the Raincraft identity. But if you're starting from scratch today, I think it, I would have advised that you stick to Raincraft uh, and do just that. Right? Yeah. Subha being a coach is a product of Raincraft.
0: Correct.
1: So that's, I think, a distinction that a lot of us could benefit from. Because in my work, in the brand workshops as well, I've seen a lot of people... Trying to birth these new brands, give them a logo, give them an identity. And in their heads, I see the difference, right? They see it as them doing multiple different things. But a lot of times, it's actually the same thing. Finally, the story is singular. The purpose behind doing that is very uh, unilateral. And the disadvantage of diluting that effort is that now you have to strengthen three brands or four brands Mm -hmm. at the same time instead of doing just one and being able to throw all your energy into
0: that no, it is it is very very time consuming and not just in terms of the execution phase where you have to you know think of where do you want to put what and how do you put it and what's the uh, in a way who's speaking yeah. right so like you said if i am giving uh, a book recommendation then the way that even that caption is written yeah. is different from if raincraft is giving a book recommendation yeah, right yeah. so definitely there is more effort. And it it came from a genuine place of kind of building credibility of the individual. And I think that's where small businesses uh, feel the need because at some point, you know, people say, hey, you know, the founder has to be known or the founder has to yeah. have credibility in that space in which the entity is working. And so this kind of second persona slowly emerges. Yeah. But uh, I think it's a good uh, good tip to keep, Consolidating to an extent possible, uh, while I let the other one also live on, but uh, you know, not kind of branch out too much. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't have the bandwidth.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because you want to be able to repurpose thoughts from one place to the other, yeah, to the because yeah. finally you're one individual, Correct. right? And also one handy tactic for anyone kind of grappling with the same thing, I would say, is to go about thinking about it in terms of where is the separation, hmm. right? So if the product that I'm selling or the services that I'm offering is not explainable in one sentence, Mm -hmm. right? Say, Hey, I'm a baker. Now that tells you exactly what I do, but Hey, I'm a brand strategist is not that evocative. right? (laughs) Like how, how, what can I do for you? I can't bake cakes, obviously. So what else can I, Mm -hmm. so the moment there is more complexity in what you do, it helps to streamline even further, right? Because, you want all of these things to finally contribute to that identity, so that people can discover you for who you are, mm-hmm. fundamentally. So, what you do, if it's simple, if you can explain it in one sentence, then you can, you know, diversify as much as you want, as early as you want. Uh, but the more complicated it gets, and there are, you know, some of my friends who run toy brands which have very specific, uh, you know, characteristics to them. So they're not a toy brand; they are free play based toy mm-hmm. brand. Now. Mm-hmm. That doesn't evoke something for me immediately. So it's important that my entire identity also reflect uh, that side of things.
0: Correct, correct. No, it's true because we are now more and more and the generations that are coming into the workplace and being the actual consumer today are looking to identify with the people behind the brands also. Right, so if somebody's like you said, if somebody's running a free play kind of brand, I'm wanting to know who the founder is, and uh, does she or he or she believe in uh, you know sustainability and uh, uh, unschooling and exactly. you know all of the things that I would maybe associate with uh, free play. So, so true, so true. Yeah. So I think yeah, gives me a few things to think about and uh, to kind of rework, and also I maybe. In kindness to myself, it is a journey, right? Of so, um, you know, the the discovery happens because you try out many things. Yeah. So there was a time not so far back where I would, like you said, if you have to describe yourself, um, I struggled like you know, leadership coach, executive coach, performance coach, and because that space itself is so muddled yeah. with terminology, and today. Over a period of time, I've realized, okay, all of that converged to the career space, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm okay and happy to just say career growth. Coach. So that also was a journey where it was career mm-hmm. coach and that meant different things to different people. So uh, I, I'm not a career coach who's going to help you find the university abroad, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not a career counselor. Yeah. So then that evolved to say career growth coach so it's about you're already doing something and how do you get better at it and how do you uh, improve your performance but yeah that that journey comes because you put yourself out in many channels and you get you get some kind of feedback
1: mm-hmm. how
0: is the audience Responding seeing you to,
1: yeah yeah right.
0: which is where
1: i think the execution piece is also birthed mm-hmm. finally right like um You know, uh, I I had the opportunity to speak to the brand manager of Bliss Club, the leggings brand, which I love, by the way. I totally am endorsing it. (laughs) Uh, I love those leggings. I could live in them. Uh, And I kind of asked her, how did you go about getting your first 5000 customers? Because Mm -hmm. they are D2C and D2C is a space that's a little harder to kind of, you know, succeed in. Differentiation is hard. Finally, you're selling leggings. And uh, she gave me three pointers, which is performance uh, campaigns and running ads. Uh, The other was communities and the third was influencers. And she got into the details of how. Now, that's a playbook of how Mm. Bliss Club got to the... Now, can you take it and implement it even as a D2C brand, even in apparel? Can you take the exact same thing and run with it? 90% of the time, probably not. Because, say, I am not a community builder. For example, I don't identify that way at this point in time. Uh, So for me to say, okay, I will, you know, put myself through the lathe machine of building communities (laughs) is probably not going to end very well, right? So how many of these things are we doing? Because the world is telling us that, you know, and we saw that with Instagram Reels quite a bit. Because suddenly every content creator felt pressure to build short format content. Correct.
0: And uh, the good thing is, I mean, I just read Mark Zuckerberg's uh, earnings note or you know, that he put out this morning where he's saying that he will continue to invest in reels because it's really growing at a phenomenal mm-hmm. uh, pace. And interestingly for him, uh, he's not making many money on the reels because we are just uh, swiping from one reel to the other. And now he's going to try and figure out i think how to put a little ad in there somewhere right because <laughs> and because the, the the ads are in the feed yeah and i'm spending less time on the feed and uh, just quickly swiping through 50 reels and he hasn't shown me any ad and he hasn't made any money poor yeah. him but yes uh, it's a struggle that we said oh now there's a one more medium how do i how yeah. do i get there yeah. there are so many people who approach both of us i know saying hey you know you guys are doing a great job Maybe I should also start a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Right? And But you know and I know
1: that there have been days when we've doubted this medium as well. And the only right. reason we've been able to keep going is because we fundamentally like it. Yeah. We're in a studio right now, enjoying these fancy mics and clicking pictures because we like it. Right. Uh, and that's the curiosity that somewhere NetNet has to drive any amount of content effort. Correct. Uh, I have found myself outside of the podcast also gravitating more towards LinkedIn mm. than Instagram. Mm. Right. And I think that's also coming from my natural tendency towards doing more long format, honestly. Yeah. Right. I'm not a let's condense this into a 210 character. tweet. I've realized that about myself mm. and I'm OK to not be. So that's where I've chosen and said, OK, for now, it's going to be the podcast and it's going to be LinkedIn. Maybe I'll start making some videos and listen (laughs) to our producer for once, but it still seems like a bit of a distant uh, dream to me.
0: Yeah, no, I get you. So I think what I'm hearing you say is that one, don't overcomplicate it. So at early stages, stick to that, uh, you know, branded house as much as you can, because, you know, God knows there's anyway so much work to be done. So (laughs) why do you want to split that across multiple houses? So stick to a branded house and then, yes, we will all experiment with different uh, ways to execute, but do what gives you comfort. But more important than that, I think, shouldn't I focus on where my audience is sitting? Hmm.
1: That's a great question, right? Uh, So that's where I think the supply demand have to kind of start Hmm. matching because I have to ask myself what capabilities do I either have or I'm able to bring naturally because we have friends who are able to do that for mm. us. Or you know, There are so many different ways. Like if my best friend was a performance marketer, why would I not kind of yeah. use that capability? Yeah. Right. So I think sometimes we underestimate the real world implications of somebody else's playbook. Right. In their success were things that even they may sometimes not be aware of in terms of why it worked exactly the way it worked. So that I would say is the supply side. So make a list of what are the different capabilities. If I connect, Can I do blogs more easily or mm. can I do LinkedIn content more easily? Mm. Can I do a podcast more easily? It could be, right? You come from that space and it's just easier for you. Uh, then comes the demand side of things, which is, as you said, the audience, um, which is where also I think I, I had asked you a while ago, um, is my audience for finally the workshops and the consulting work that I do uh, hanging out on LinkedIn? And we said we don't know and that's still a fair enough hypothesis and a good place to start from yeah. because I don't know is a better place than no. Yeah.
0: Right. And I think the not just gut but the information the feedback loops that are coming back to us um they do tell you that they're not on the reels. Yeah. Right? So it's not an investment of time and energy that you should be making now. So LinkedIn is where you should be hanging out and producing good content or sharing very relevant stories.
1: To me, that seems to be the case uh, for the industry that I'm operating in. Uh, It's a a noisy (laughs) industry, right? Like Mm -hmm. there's enough and more and good content out there. So people need to already, you know, sift and sort through so much. uh, Might as well be where they are. And they seem to be on LinkedIn at this point in time. So that makes sense. But again, I think it differs from context to context. Uh, We are working with clients in the AI, ML space right now. And uh, for them, the right platforms would have been LinkedIn and Twitter. But Twitter, as we know, is kind of in a... I mean, does a brand want to invest in a Twitter Mm -hmm. at this point in time? It's a bit of a risk Mm -hmm. to take, right? Uh, And therefore, again, the net-net of their effort is coming back to LinkedIn, but it could be that for a different audience in a different company, the audience could be on TikTok for all you know. True. Sure. Uh, because Duolingo of all apps has the strongest persona on TikTok. Mm. right? Duolingo's TikTok is a case study in and of itself. So how did they figure that out? They figured it out by trying and being excited enough about it. And finally, that's what it comes down to. So what we've actually started implementing with a lot of clients is the 90-day sprint model of doing things. You try it for 90 days if it's not working. And I don't mean not working from an external, right, you know, uh, it's not about four people coming and liking the post. It's about my end goal. What is my lagging metric for success? And for whatever reason, if that metric is not being met, then it's time to change.
0: That's interesting. So what do some of these um, lagging metrics look like? Because I think that's where as business owners, we struggle because, we've put ourselves out there we don't really know what we're looking for mm. and then most likely at the end of 90 days i'm thinking i don't think i got anything out of this yeah <laughs> why don't i just stop and you know do something else
1: no sometimes i've begun to realize that even failure in that sense of the word is a signal mm. right because finally we dug deep with one of the clients that we were working with and we realized that their problem is not lead generation but retaining the customers that they were getting into the system, right? So churn was a problem. It wasn't lead gen at all because that's the knee-jerk reaction. No, it says, Mm -hmm. oh, I don't have enough money rotating through the system. So let me generate leads. Mm -hmm. But I think what was going wrong for them is that a lot of people that were coming into the cycle, they were not being able to retain them uh, in the system. So in identifying that your lagging metric then becomes over a six month period, how much retention have I achieved? Right? And that's not going to come from my LinkedIn post. That's going to come from me who did the pre-sales and the sales also being there when things are not working out. Right? So it's a more systemic problem that has to be addressed. Uh, in the context of offline events, especially it's top of mind right now because we are doing that for one of the clients. Actually, the day this episode comes out, that event ends. <laughs> uh, and for us, there honestly, Subha, the lagging metric is how many conversations they're able to have in the next six months we have zero visibility until then. Correct. Right? So, you can ask me then, how does the 90-day sprint work? Because you're saying six months and then you're saying 90 days. So, then we use the leading indicators to tell us you know, how many new people came and visited them during the event? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a great sign for us because this is the only way they would have heard about them, right? Yeah. Uh, how many placements were we able to get? Uh, because there was an exciting story first and foremost. And therefore, people saw it and they got excited. They wanted to cover it. That's a leading indicator because I know that all of this in six months is going to contribute towards... To some, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: And I think that's also uh, a good lesson in not overdoing the focus on metrics, right? Today, you know, you go to a digital marketer or an agency um, and it's their job to do it. So it's not really, the onus is not on me, but then there's there's Google Analytics and then I could look at Hotjar and see, you know, how people are moving across my website. And I could look at all the podcast listens and how many minutes and how many seconds. So there's this lot of information out there. Um, we should also know how to read it. Mm. Because otherwise it can, one, it can be very depressing sometimes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) And uh, you can just uh, walk away with the wrong output in a way.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I think incremental progress really gets lost in the obsession with metrics a lot of times, right? Because your first three, four LinkedIn posts are going to do nothing. Mm. People are watching. People are saying, hey, here's somebody new. He's got ideas, he or she. And they're putting themselves out there. I don't know if I like it. And frankly, how many of us are geniuses from our first post onwards? God knows we've all evolved, right? So what you have to really track, and this has been true for us and a lot of clients that we work with also, is to say, am I meeting my end goal? Are people seeing me differently differently? Because I put myself out there. Are people knowing what to come to me for because I put myself out there? That's the success metric, Mm -hmm. right? I will have posts that get zero attention. I mean, people are welcome to kind of go scroll through my LinkedIn feed and find all the posts that got nothing. Mm -hmm. And finally, my poor dad goes and likes it because (laughs) he's feeling sorry for me, right? But if I were to use that as a reference point for what I produce or what I don't produce, then I'm doing honestly myself the service. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, that's that's very true. And uh, sometimes, uh, even whatever we've created, it takes the world time to find <laughs> it in a, in some strange way. Uh, I mean, the, the the podcast has been a revelation in that that it's taken for me like season four, or at least from three onwards, to really then hit an audience yeah. and uh, hit a a loyal listening audience. And the medium is such that uh, I. I should be expecting only loyalty. Yeah. It's not a medium where I'm going to go very wide. Right? Yeah. And I should understand that, okay, my expectations also have been, have to be in line with uh, what I'm putting out there. And then like you said, there are some like blog posts that were written two years back and then suddenly this everybody's reading them. hit. It, it, <laughs> suddenly they're getting... Yeah, yeah it came up yeah. in some search result or something and suddenly everybody is reading them. Which... Every time that happens, it reminds me that, hey, there is so much stuff already there. Why am I not reusing it? Yeah,
1: yeah. Also, there is that element of, I think, uh, topicality to some extent. Mm. As well, right? Mm. So there will be content that's timeless and you don't want to keep rehashing it, update it from time to time, let it do what it's doing. But finally, if something is happening in my industry and it needs to be said, it needs to be said then. Yeah. I can't wait for my content calendar and my programming to kind of kick in. So that's where I think what we were speaking about earlier in terms of what to delegate and what to retain. Finally, if you're running a personal profile, if you're running a company handle, it's your company handle, mm. it's your personal profile, right? What people can help with is the muscle and the drive to keep pushing. Right? Mm. Finally, you will have to show your face or so you will have to you know, put your voice out there. Uh, and you have to make sure that you are there when it matters, yeah. right?
0: No, that is uh, hugely important, right? I think even with the small team that uh, supports me, including you, the more I'm able to give you direction or the more I've thought through what I want for the month, um, the output is, it just goes up so many fold, right? And that's only fair. You can't, you've you've hired somebody, like you said, to be the muscle, not the mind reader. Mm. You said it.
1: (laughs) Maybe there's a t-shirt there. We are your muscle, not your mind reader. <laughs> you heard it first on the Damn Good Marketing Podcast.
0: <laughs> now it's time for the much awaited topic Al. Hey Hasita, did you hear the breaking news? Apparently Adi Chopra is a real person. It's <laughs> not a rumor. First TV interview in
1: 28 years. Can you imagine? Wow. The scion of Yashraj films. And he could have been a ghost. for.
0: And I'm just thinking that uh, it really upends everything that we talk about, that you have to keep (laughs) marketing yourself, create a brand and be a persona. I mean, that dude, like even today, people are saying, does he exist? (laughs) (laughs) But
1: clearly, if you have a good product, it can do its own marketing, which is not all, I mean, most Yashraj films are, right? Yeah.
0: I read an interesting line the other day that uh, DDLJ is actually a love story between a theater and a movie. (laughs) 27 years? Since since 1995 at the Maratha Mandir. And uh, there's a cute little series on some OTT channel of postcards from Maharashtra. And it shows a lot of these very simple middle class folks. They just, you know, on an odd day, they're, they have a few hours to spare. They just go in and watch. DDAG. Yeah, yeah. And in
1: fact, on the Netflix trailer for The Romantics, which is now streaming on Netflix, uh, there was one user who commented the reason Adi Chopra's vision or even you know, the Yash Chopra who came before him, uh, the reason it worked is because they had a Shah Rukh also come out. Hmm. Because who else could be that so unabashedly... <laughs> Romantic, right? Like finally, he shows up in an action movie, and we are all cheering for him. We are rooting for him, uh, and I like that David Letterman fact that fifty percent of the world knows Shahrukh Khan. Uh. Can you imagine known being known by one in two people? It's not easy, right? In today's day and age. Correct. Yeah, good product that I think speaks for itself. Um, and but what I really do like also is that to be timeless, you have to keep reinventing yourself. I mm. think that's the message, mm. because finally. After doing the Shah Rukh, you know, uh, set of films, Adi Chopra had to experiment with the Ranveer Singh. Yeah. Right. yeah. He had to take a chance to see where that would go. and it's
0: Such a chance on. that even Ranveer says, I don't know why he chose do- me. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Right? Yeah. So I think to be relevant is to keep adapting. Correct. And maybe that's what he did. He kept himself busy adapting and he didn't really worry too much about am i seen am i known yeah. am i heard that was should
0: i be on instagram and should i do <laughs> interviews and right i think yeah uh, i'm guessing that gave him a lot of time to do the really good stuff yeah but having said that yes he's uh, quietly literally quietly behind the scenes he's taken chances on a lot of people on a lot of kind of movies and experimented and some have worked and some haven't but Maybe because fundamentally the focus was that, hey, I want to entertain. Yeah, yeah. So having that focus or knowing that, hey, why am I doing what I'm doing, then guides a lot of your decisions. Maybe it makes it easier. And allows you to do it for longer Mm -hmm. because
1: you're not questioning some of those choices anymore. You're just keeping at it for the fun of it and, you know. That's all there is to it. Finally, in any case, correct. And kudos to Netflix for finding all these interesting angles on different things. No, I mean only Netflix is capable of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, there are like a lot it. of
0: really interesting documentaries out there, which uh, they've taken the dullness out of doc. The concept of documentary, True. right? Imagine, like, I don't know, ten years back, if you said you're watching a documentary, you're like the nerdiest or dullest person yeah, on yeah. earth, right? But now it's very now, cool too. Now you. Now you should be watching The Elephant Whisperers and you should be watching Harry and Megan and you should be watching Pamela Anderson's love story, which, yeah. which is, I, I heard her on the Dak Shepherd podcast and there's a real story there, man. That's sure. a real person. I mean, forget the... Just for that angle, sometimes it's you know, yeah. worth getting to know yeah. some
1: of these stories in yeah. depth. So I'm going, I'm going off to watch the remaining uh, episodes on the romantics um, and
0: admire Shah Rukh Khan. And
1: <laughs> maybe get him on this podcast, Universe. I'm putting it out there. I'm just
0: letting you know. Yes, Universe, so, please know she's put Priyanka Chopra and Shah Rukh Khan out there. And, and how Tanmay did you Bhattomsa. come up with that combination? Anyway, that's for another time. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in
1: to today's episode of the Professionally Done Damn Good Marketing Podcast. Not that we were unprofessional earlier, but now we're like super. <laughs> Things are getting real, people.
0: Can you feel it? Studio level real. Thank you and see you next time. And look out for the Motley Crew page for pictures from this studio.